are back with another episode of Saturday Night Vibes. We're really excited to be discussing the Halloween episode, which was this past weekend, marking five consecutive shows in a row. And this was with John Mulaney hosting and musical guest, um, The Strokes. So we're very excited to be diving into this. Little fun fact, this is the fourth episode in the show's history that actually has fallen on Halloween itself, which is pretty spooky, pretty exciting. Um, so spooky? So spooky. And um, so yeah, we, we, Greg and I had a lot of fun um, watching this and then, you know, obviously we're gonna have a lot of fun nerding out about it. So um, yeah, let's, let's get in, into it, Greg. Yeah, let's just get right into it here because this is going to be a jam-packed pod, and especially is. because um, the the new king of of Saturday Night Live might be John Mulaney. Um, yeah. This is the fourth time he has hosted, and mm-hmm. the the first time he hosted was in April two thousand eighteen. So I was kind of mm-hmm. interested if he was the fastest to get to yeah. four. Um, as we talked about last week, you know, Justin right. Bieber, um, you know, a Titanic uh, figure in pop culture had only been on four times. So pretty yeah. significant. Um, the only person that I could find that's gotten to four faster than him was Steve Martin um, okay. in sort of the early days. But it's a mm-hmm. matter of months. I mean, Steve Martin hosted four times um, in about a year and a half. Um, mm-hmm. He's hosted 15 times overall, in addition to a bunch of guest appearances and stuff. But right. Um, it's faster than John Goodman. It's faster than Alec Baldwin. Um, wow. I looked at Christopher Walken, uh, Justin Timberlake. Um, all all of those very capable um, multi multi episode hosts. Um, I think it just having it be Steve Martin as the only person that's hosted four times faster than him. I think is probably a good comparison for the Pretty kind of crazy. Movie kind of level he's on here yeah um, you know we talked a little bit last week about i i would think if i'm lauren i know that um every time i bring john mulaney in now it's at least going to be a smooth week um mm-hmm. if not a great show and i think we, i think i may have even undersold it last week in that i think all four episodes that he's hosted have been excellent yes. um, and he was on uh, the Seth Meyers, um, late night with Seth Meyers yesterday. Um, and they were kind of debriefing about the show a little bit. Highly recommend people check out every Seth Meyers, John Mulaney conversation podcast. <laughs> YouTube you can find because they are yeah. great at pulling out the best of each other. But um, Seth Meyers was like, you are, you are an excellent Saturday Night Live host. Um, and Seth Meyers is someone who would know. Um, yes, yes, he would. So I think... There's, there's a lot here, and I think we're going to dive into some of the, um, the specifics of, of this episode that were great. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's clear that he, he loves doing this, too. Yes. Obviously, he spent a long time um, as a writer. We, we don't need to go through the whole history here because I think it's pretty well documented at this mm-hmm. point of um, his collaborations with Bill Hader in particular, with Stefan very spe- specifically. Um, I always thought of Stefan too as like, once you started to realize the sort of backstory that he's changing the cards and yeah. that part of the part of the character is making Bill um, Bill Hader crack. Yeah. Um, I kind of think of that character as almost like a uh, 
a millennial guys, character in itself. Yeah, or two guys in a horse costume. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's yes. like it's very much two of two of them um, present in in that one character. So yeah, um, obviously he's gone on to superstardom and stand up, and um, we saw Oh Hello um, in the in Boston when that came through with, with him and, um, yeah. How was that? Was it good? It's outstanding. Yeah. They were, um, they were sort of testing it for a Broadway run at that point. So, um, went with, uh, went with your former roommates here too. Um, Oh, very nice. It was delightful. Um, actually I'm a little annoyed about that. Never mind. I, I'm jealous that I missed it. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) Yes. It was quite lovely. Yeah. The two of them just really skilled improvisers too, which was not apparent to me in before I'd seen that, that John Mulaney was that good of an improviser. Um, yeah. So there's just, there's a lot to like about him. He's tailor made for the show. He's sort of old school show business. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, he could, he seems like he could be dropped right into the 1930s very easily and have the exact same shtick. Um, yes. and it would also work. So, um, Taylor made, um, group here and, uh, I was excited to see him again. Yeah. And you could just, you know, I, I was reading an interview, um, after his first time in 2018, when he said he was talking about how as a writer, he had always thought like, oh, the writers are the foundation of the show, obviously, like they put together all the material and kind of can, compared himself to a dairy farmer where he was sort of like, prepping the cows and the, the, um, the cast being the cows and then um, somebody offering him this hosting gig and saying like, and him saying like, oh my God, I'm pretty enough to be a cow. And then being <laughs> like, oh wait, I know what we do to these cows. Right. And just him like not having any idea what it was like to be writing and rehearsing and rewriting and being called into fittings and, you know, just like had he had no idea and he said he you know reached out to um fred armison and um the other you know other people who had done double duty and said like i had no idea what it was like to do both so i mean and that's like another testament to i think how smoothly you know how smooth the show goes when he like to be able to take that on and have it you know look so good if he's having a hand in writing and in hosting um obviously super impressive and yeah you can tell he really likes it he seems very like genuinely humble about you know this is the place he he started and yeah so I just have nothing but but good things to say about John Mulaney and yeah we could talk and probably will talk about all like some of the other things he's done when he's hosted which is just like some of the biggest laughs I've I've had in in recent years definitely 100% yeah what would you have for for your number three moment My number three um, was actually, speaking of John Mulaney, um, his little bit in his um, monologue about the election. Um, I mean, his monologues are always very good, you know, him testing out stand-up. But the part about um, him announcing, kind of like you would like somebody's car lights are on, Mm -hmm. on November 3rd, there's an elderly man contest. (laughs) So there's I'm just kind of like trying like so there's two elderly men and we're supposed to vote for our favorite um, and it was just I think a real like they've done a lot this year you know sort of sympathizing with like the craziness that is the election but it was kind of yep. just a refreshing thing for him to be like these are two old guys like yeah we are we're choosing between which is sort of bonkers um, when you think about it and sort of pulling back again to say like there's still going to be a lot of shit going on 
in America, that's not great. Yeah. So no matter which old man you choose. Um, so I really, I got a big laugh out of that in his, um, in his opening. And I like the way, I like the way you put that theory. He announces it as though he was announcing someone's truck is double parked in the parking lot. Yeah. You know, he like looks back to the, <laughs> right. to the band, like he was being reminded. He's like, Oh yeah, let me, I'm supposed to announce this. Yeah. Which yeah. I thought was, was funny. Um, I was just thinking too, specifically for him, uh, Chris Rock and Bill Burr this year, mm-hmm. you know, the, like the true um, stand-ups where it's sort of like they're, they're almost expected to come to, well, they are expected to come to the show with sort of their own 10 minute, you know, stand-up ready yeah. to go. Um, in that it usually works great. And a lot of these guys will spend, you know, months at the, the comedy cellar or like testing these things out and kind of refining it. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, in the absence of being able to get out in the clubs and, and work on them, this material, I think it's just kind of a testament to, to, to those people in particular um, for being able to just come out with, with something that was still relevant and tight and, yeah. and well-written. Um, That's an excellent point. That they, in sort of adverse conditions here. Yeah. Really amazing. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, what, what about your number two? Well, why don't we go to your number two here? Because we're going to stay right on the, uh, the Mulaney um, thread, it. if, I'm, if yes. I'm not mistaken here. Yes, we are. Um, my number two was um, the Broadway medley. Um, this one was entitled Big Nick Souvenirs, took place in a souvenir shop in Times Square. So um, this is the fourth time... Um, Mulaney has done one of these um, medley numbers in all four of his hosting gigs. Uh, most notably, obviously, Diner Lobster was the first one in 2018, um, which, you know, for those who don't, who aren't, I mean, I don't know who wouldn't be familiar with it by now, but I think, I think you'll talk about this a little bit, Greg, but John William is a huge Broadway fan and just yep. like a very big Broadway nerd, which I didn't realize. But in, so in 2010, he and Colin Jost had written this sketch that had, you know, um, a host or a person, they didn't have Keenan in there in the role yet, but um, as this lobster singing about Les Mis and just really kind of like went off on this, like combining this, these theatrical numbers with this lobster idea. And it was apparently really poorly received. Um, by Lauren and by everybody um, when, you know, when they, they introduced it. Um, and it was only then in 2018 when he hosted that they were able to bring it back. And obviously it became a classic and he's done, you know, one of these every time he's hosted since. Um, and so this one, like I said, was Big Nick Souvenirs, sees um, uh, Chris Redd and Pete Davidson, who have been the, like the kind of two straight guys in every one of these Yep. sketches going into a Times Square souvenir shop and Pete wanting to buy this gross pair of um of of I Heart New York briefs. I don't know why I don't really need to explain the entire sketch, but <laughs> anyway, it's um it this one, let me see. What was I'm just trying to think of back some of my like especially favorite parts of of this one. I mean Keenan and all of these has been hilarious. He was obviously the lobster in Diner Lobster. Um, he has uh, 
dressed up as I think Jellicle Cat in in one yep. of them, um, and then he was a Times Square minion in this one, and we're just like when the camera cuts to him and he's in this full minion costume, I mean, that's just like classic. You can't not laugh at that. Yeah. Um, some other people showing up, Alex Moffat was um, Times Square Elmo with his like head off and holding a cigarette. Yeah. Um, we had, who else was in there? We had um, Melissa Villasenor's mini. Uh, and I was noticing, cause I, I watched all four of them again yes. last night um, uh-huh. in order. And I was starting to notice that they've been kind of, adding little elements to it each time so mm-hmm. that first one in diner lobster is you know purely uh lay miz um yes. stuff yeah um in the second one you see um alex moffat is smoking in that one too he's just a guy <laughs> watching a soccer game um smoking oh, yes, in that yeah. one um they started to put, um, like, Beck Bennett plays the singing toilet in um, Bodega Bathroom yes. and um, plays the unaccompanied baby in um, yeah. Airport Sushi <laughs> and then, uh, again, plays the, uh, plays the creeper in, in, in this one. So they've, they've yes. clearly found something. And, you know, from the beginning, they've always given Kate McKinnon a solo, too. Yep. Um, Again, she's just great about, and she plays them so sincerely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, especially in this one where, um, you know, she's she's doing uh, the send in the clowns sort of a la Barbara Streisand. Yeah. <laughs> and Barbara Streisand kind of famously um, is a little, little over the top. It's part of her charm too. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you then put her in a, um, in a shrimp costume, it's yeah. uh, just really really perfect so it's kind of amazing that these sketches as you mentioned you know this was something that died in the uh Mm -hmm. in the read-throughs when he was um when he was a writer and he i think he recognized the power he had as the host to kind of push it through and in my opinion this is now maybe the most consistent recurring sketch they have since uh what up with that which they used to do um almost weekly right Um, yeah so, and we should got to give uh, Colin Jost a shout out too. He still co-writes all of these with, uh, with Mulaney. Oh, okay. Um, I wasn't, t- yeah, okay. Awesome. And uh, Mulaney said on Seth Meyers that it's usually the, the crazier the idea is, um, the more likely it is it's, it's Colin Jost's um, creation. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal flying in on the, uh, oh my God, on the suspenders yeah. is, is his idea. <laughs> That's also an ode to that musical. I'm not familiar with that one, but uh yeah, there's just, there's a lot, lot here um, to, to dig into, which is, yeah. it's one of my favorite it, parts of this. Right. I was listening to Malini talk about how the first one he's never, it was kind of like the most deafening applause he's ever um, yeah. received when that first one ended, which was just crazy for it being the first time. And I also kind of in, in doing some research for this episode and in reading some things, there's some stuff out there that's like, they should retire the sketch because like how many times can you do it which i could not feel more differently about (laughs) i get a kick out of it every time i mean there's and it sure it gets goofier but they always like the amount of of research they do and obviously the songs they're pulling into it the amount of cast members that they're pulling into it um it really is like a, a medley and i yeah i think they're they're great i mean we saw um we saw Maya Rudolph obviously come in and do her yep. her big number, um, which was was great. 
Um, we saw uh, Chloe Feynman yes. <laughs> do her take on Hey Big Spender with Super Spreader. <laughs> and she was like kind of like frenetic and, and crazy and awesome. Um, the dance yeah. moves when she comes yes. out with the high kicks. Yeah. And just the <laughs> spread a little Rona with me. Yeah, really, just hilarious. Really tickled me. Absolutely. What else, what else do we have in here? Yeah, the other thing about Chris Redd and Pete Davidson in these is that obviously, you know, Pete Davidson always a great choice to play sort of the straight guy and mm -hmm. someone who's just like, you know, an avatar for the audience up there. Yes. He's been, he's been known to break in the middle of these a lot of times in the mm -hmm. uh, Diner Lobster, the first time um, Keenan's uh, lobster sings, it cuts to Pete Davidson. He's just like openly cackling. Oh, yeah. Um, but I thought Chris Red, we could hear him uh, off camera, just like trying to choke back <laughs>, laughs the entire time. I don't Definitely. know. And it pans to him at one point, it cut, or it cuts to them, and Chris Red is doing the kind of like anguished, yeah. breaking face where he just can't can't keep it in. Um, so yeah, the, I think they, and I love that they've been, you know, those guys in every one of the sketches so far. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I think that you're, you're right. They do act as like a very good stand-in for the audience. But, you know, I think to back, back to Mulaney, this is really just another example of his, um, you know, old-timey sensibility. Um, yeah. He's, he's talked about this with, um, on Conan O'Brien's podcast, because Conan O'Brien's kind of like that too. They both feel like they were um, have been born at a time, you know, like they feel like they should have been popular in the fifties. Um, yeah. but, uh, you know, Mulaney just has this encyclopedic, um, knowledge of musicals. I don't know if you've checked out the episode of documentary now called original cast album co-op. Um, which, I have not, which is a parody of, of a pretty famous, um, documentary that includes, uh, Stephen Sondheim. I forget which, which musical that that one's about, but it's just like such a deep cut reference, but obviously made with a lot of um, love and, and affection for yeah. the art while they're just skewering the genre as a whole. So um, I, I'm seeing sort of the same thing in, in these medleys and kind of, uh, kind of can't wait for the next one. I know. Which Reddit could be, be damned, you know? Yeah, Reddit be damned. I mean, who knows what it could be next month. <laughs> who knows? Like yeah. They could exactly. call the lady and be like, yeah. Um, and I'm just remembering, I think last, didn't his third time hosting, he like straight up canceled. They like put out the bat signal and they were like, we need Mulaney to host an, uh, like an episode of SNL. And he like canceled his, his tour appearance that night. And was like, oh, absolutely. Like I'll, I'll be, and he, that just, I guess, speaks to sort of the friend to the show and the, the dedicated host he is that he's sort of like always on, on call and yet his appearances like they don't get like less funny or you know oversaturated 100 percent mm -hmm. wow did we get it did we cover it i mean i, I feel like i could just i mean go we may have to do like an entirely just mulaney uh deep dive one of these days um, yes and just because there's a million things that we could on. we could go on and on but uh yeah we want to make we sure we spread the love here too. Yes, absolutely. So what was your number two moment? My number two was the strolling song that, uh, <laughs> strolling to the polls. That's been know. in my head all day. <laughs> yeah, all day. As I all try day. not to think about <laughs> the potentially impending doom. <laughs> right. Uh, I, was I was glad to have this. Um, yes. 
This was written by uh, Chris Red, Brian Tucker, Paul Brigatani. It sounds like that crew, in in addition to a couple other folks, are responsible for a lot of these, um, a lot of the songs now. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I don't I don't want to say that they're sort of stepping into the uh, shoes of the Lonely Island because you can just always 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 make new shoes for people. Yes, uh, but that's, that's sort of the the slot in the in the show that where they usually put the musical numbers mm -hmm. um, is sort of what he's taken over a lot. Um, this was a um, tribute to the Whispers. Um, I don't know if you're a big Whispers head. Uh, I, I'm like, not. <laughs> but I definitely recommend checking out their music video for Keep On Loving Me because um, that okay. would definitely be inspiration. Oh, that's um, good to know. For this. Um, it's that kind of vibe. It's, you know, 70s, 80s R&B. Um, you know, they're just literally strolling through, I think, Los Angeles <laughs> in that in that video. It even starts with, like, they all drop the newspapers right at the beginning as a pretty girl walks by kind of thing. Um, <laughs> and it's just uh, another one where it's, this is a clear, clearly something that at least Chris read, if not his co-writers, um, have a lot of affection for is sort of these, yeah. this uh, the old school R&B cheese because this is we've made, seen that yeah yeah um shout out here to the uh his co-stars um that, that were in the band here uh Crazy Legs Jimmy played yep. by Keenan of a band Ronnie by Chris Red Pity Pat Patricia of Punky Johnson and Michelle just Michelle just Michelle Ego Wodum uh, <laughs> Just amazing. And, and this is sort of this sketch, in, in addition to a lot of other sketches that have been going on the show in recent years, it's kind of hard to not really think about the history of black representation on SNL writ mm -hmm. large. I mean, this is something that has kind of followed the show since its inception. Um, Eddie Murphy was obviously the breakout star of, um, of that 80s cast. And there's always mm -hmm. been sort of the speculation that um, you know, he left on, on bad terms and, you know, especially because the alumni of SNL are always known for coming back and really it's all being a big love fest. There's always been some, right. some kind of speculation that um, around his treatment. I know mm -hmm. that um, Leslie Jones has talked about um, in her family and in sort of everyone that she knew, um, they were, they grew up watching SNL but stopped when Eddie Murphy left. Um, mm -hmm. That there's been sort of there's been a lot around this you know the same thing with leslie jones and keenan thompson when she joined the cast uh, there was a lot of talk about um the representation especially of, of black um repertory players so mm -hmm. um, this is something that's really followed the show around um but it's clear you know in, in recent years just by by seeing who's on screen and seeing who's joining the cast now that that's improving um, across not just um the black um cast members but across several URM groups. We were talking a little bit about yeah. um, Bowen Yang as being uh, you know, the first Chinese American mm -hmm. uh, cast member a couple weeks ago. Um, and, you know, obviously not just sort of increasing the number of cast members doesn't necessitate that that's an inclusive space. Uh, we're sure. not in the building every day. So we don't, um, we don't, we don't know what the, uh, what sort of the, the actual environment is like, but right. um, it's clearly noticeable when they're able to make some explicitly um, not just racial uh, tinged sketches, but mm -hmm. um, specific to the black experience, which is something we're talking very specifically about in our country yeah. now. So, I mean, just the fact that they could put together a musical number with four black cast. I mean, that 
Right. It wasn't very long ago that that we would never have thought that that would be a thing to have four black cast members, you know, be able like them to be able to do that. And that is obviously, you know, strides that that should be made and we're happy to see be made. And like you said, I mean, it doesn't, you know, adding cast members doesn't necessarily mean the environment is inclusive. And but I mean, it's obviously a pretty good place to start. And especially because, you know, the comments are about um, voter suppression and how yes. that directly affects yeah. uh, black voters, even if it's in this sort of uh, ridiculous packaging <laughs> in some yeah. ways of the of the whispers tribute. So I think that's that's all something that um, is, is becoming clear and hopefully that they're they're moving in the right right directions inside the building. So absolutely. And then just a small little Mulaney comment at the end, yeah. um, how the. the <laughs> The number ended very oddly with, um, <laughs> what I think Chris Red saying, well, can I use my hand as a mask? Mm. And Melanie being like, well, that's a hand. And then yeah. it's just like, it's open to black. <laughs> yeah. Just like so, so odd, but, but it worked. What was your uh, number one moment? My number one was um, the cinema classics, The Birds sketch, which... <laughs> This is just, I think, a really terrific example of the kind of dumb humor that absolutely tickles me. Like, this, yeah. these are my favorite kinds of sketches on SNL. These are the ones that, like, get stuck in my head, like, yeah. where the little, like, sound bites I'll just kind of, like, say in, in everyday life. Like, mm -hmm. I, I mean, it was just, it's so goofy and so good. Um, you know, they've done cinema classics. This is the sixth iteration of that um, segment mm -hmm. and Keenan has been Reese de what yeah. for um, all of them. And they've kind of really, if you go back and watch the first one, like they've really built his little bit up in it. Um, and every time now his, you know, he <laughs> opens the show um, talking about like a recent flub he's made with his wife and yeah. now it's just <laughs> contributed to, in this case, worse double bubble bath right. ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I mean, obviously Keenan is amazing at playing a, a host of like game shows and, and television shows um, because every time, you know, the camera cuts back to him, his face, facial expressions and just like the way he can kind of deadpan react to things yeah. um, is terrific. Um, but here we see Kate McKinnon playing um, the woman in Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds being menaced by birds for reasons that are never explained as Keenan says. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And it's really just Kate McKinnon doing what she does best. Um, she's sort of known at this point for her like old timey actress mm -hmm. um, impressions where she does that mid-Atlantic accent, which is, yep. just gets me every time. Um, she obviously breaks more than once because this, like I said, it's a completely silly um, sketch from start to finish. There's like the birds, the seagulls, like on, you know, obvious strings just being yeah. like blown around the set um and then at one point the birds pick up turtles mm -hmm. those are flying around the birds we we get a lot of like little uh shots of like bird um feet like one is using a glass cutter one is yep. holding a uh a gun to Mulaney's head when he plays the sheriff yeah. um it's just like i it's just i loved it so and i can understand why people are like this is silly like what's happening here <laughs> yeah. but for me like this is like those goofy sound bites combined with like the physical comedy. Um, we saw Beck Bennett in it um, as a guy being harassed by birds. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
and at one point being harassed by, 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 um, turtles throwing sandwiches, just like, it's very, it's very crazy. But like one of those things that I will go back to again and again to watch just because it's so like the levity it brings is just so refreshing to me. Uh, yeah. I think for me, the sketches like this are extremely enjoyable knowing that these are hitting you right in your squarely in your funny bone. Yes. <laughs> it's like, this is, <laughs> this is made for, for Emily. I, I yeah. feel like if they had three months to put this sketch together, that they would still make the decision to keep the special effect birds as ridiculous as they, yeah. as they are just because that's part of, especially with, um, Kate McKinnon in there is that she's going to play it so earnestly um, with these, you know, glass cutting birds and birds <laughs> using turtles as battering rams. And, being um, mooned by a bird. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then just That's kind of, I, I'm also a sucker for when they, you know, make fun of like old timey films and like old timey tropes and everything like that with John Mulaney coming in, like in yeah. his like, you know, trench coat, being like, just kiss me, and her being like, no, that's not this. Yeah. Um, or, you know, just like, I'm just gonna shoot my gun off in here and see what happens. Yeah. Just, I mean, those, cause those old timey films are, are, are so crazy. Awesome. Um, yeah, that was my, my, my number one this week. I love it. Yeah, for my number one, uh, I just, I went back to the cold open, obviously, with everything mm -hmm. that's about to happen this week. Very, yeah difficult to find ways to wrench laughs out of the uh, enormity of the moment it feels like we're yeah. approaching but um, I feel like they hit hit all of the the beats really well I mean he even Joe Biden is talking about you know I've got an eight-point lead and you know numbers like that can only be wrong once in a blue moon and it yeah. was literally a blue moon on, the blue moon. Uh, on Saturday um, this was not and I'm not really dialed into the phases of the moon or astronomy or uh, any of that, but uh, I was informed that it was legitimately a blue moon uh, on Saturday. It was. It was. I We were out trick-or-treating and I'm like, where's this moon they're talking about? And literally, like I couldn't see it for the longest time and literally turned around and it was like right there at one yeah. point. I was like, oh, there's yeah. that blue moon they're talking about. That's, uh, that's a good sign. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I think, uh, you know, and when... Mulaney was sort of debriefing with, with Seth Meyers yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, they were talking about how, you know, Seth Meyers was asking about, you know, how did you feel managing with the smaller crowd? And he said that they knew it was going to be a really good crowd um, because Lauren came into his dressing room right at the beginning of the live show. And he's like, this is going to be a, a hot crowd, uh, which is something that they mm -hmm. apparently do not um, tend to acknowledge. Um, okay. So I felt like that was apparent right from the beginning um, when um, Joe Biden puts his glasses on and yeah. um, introduces Maya. There was sort of this uh, um, cathartic um, cheer that went out. And then when she enters, mm -hmm. um, it's sort of a next level of, of explosion. And I think that's, you know, not only is, is that sort of speaking to the quality of Maya's performance, but certainly Kamala's sort of rise in, in fame and popularity of sort of, yeah. she's really um, kind of carrying, carrying the moment. So hopefully, um, hopefully that carries through um, into the next couple of days. Um, and just, I think the gravitas of seeing like, you know, obviously this is characters are playing on a sketch comedy show, but seeing them together 
on and just because of the work they've done so far this season, even though we're early into it, but just like seeing them together yeah. on stage, knowing that there was three days until the election, it's like, it was very poignant. Yeah. I think like, to, you know, maybe that's not the right word, but it was just like very, it like a historical moment and comedy is part of it in this. So, yeah. Um, you know, obviously I think not, not much of a stretch to say that the show has leaned, um, leaned left over the course of its mm-hmm. sort of um, political satire, although they've, they have found ways to, um, to poke fun at democratic candidates, um, yes. you know, and, and that kind of thing. But I felt like this was probably the strongest uh, outright endorsement of a president ever. I think they recognize mm-hmm. this is kind of an emergency situation here. Um, yeah. So um, well, that, and that I, kind of stuck out to me. Yeah. Yes. And I, obviously the big thing that sticks out in my mind, like, is in 2016, um, Kate as Hillary singing Hallelujah. I mean, mm-hmm. that was that was a very real moment. Yeah, we were <laughs> all a little raw, I think. Super, super heavy. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, it doesn't get much more like, yeah, I mean, so it's kind of the past four years, I feel like they've kind of been like this, yeah, this is no joke. This is a, yeah. you know, we all sort of can see what's happening here. How did you feel about them excluding Alec Baldwin? I loved that. Yeah. I really loved that. I felt like that was the right, right thing to do. Um, I agree. You know, I think, and it's, I, you know, I think they're excluding Trump more than they are Alec Baldwin, but I feel yeah. like it's sort of, um, yeah, the, the enormity of the moment um, is not, yeah. not lost on them. So I definitely thought that Absolutely. was the right decision. Um, and then wonder, it's always a, a great opportunity to get Kate McKinnon as Hillary yes. back up there because, you know, she's not in, you know, she's not in this this time, but yeah. yeah. I don't know how much longer she's going to be with the show too. We've right. been hearing speculation that she's only going to be here through the election stuff. So yep. um, trying to get those last um, gasps in yeah. for, for her. Um, I don't know if in the, you're you're more of the uh, dialed into the fashion here mm-hmm. than than I am, but uh, is it just me or did that cape that she was wearing um, look like an awesome thing to actually own? That looked like a sick like gold lining in the cape. It did. And I don't know what you felt about that. I I would love to own that cape. Yeah. I loved especially. I mean, like the raven just kind of like sitting on her shoulder on it. Yeah, that was just. And then I mean. I think it was it was obviously awesome and it also lends itself you know to her kind of like grandiose movements as Hillary mm-hmm. with her like flinging the cape around and her you know claw like um waves I just thought it worked really well and obviously for like this spooky dramatic um uh sequence it was it was really good yeah the other thing that I um, was noticing in this one is um you know Jim Carrey had broke a couple times um mm-hmm. And one of them was after Keenan um, had his line as, as Ice Cube. Uh, and then it cut back to Jim Carrey to make him laugh. And I, I don't know why my brain was, was kind of doing this, but I, because I think of Jim Carrey as such a titan of comedies that sort of like he would be the one making other people laugh. Yeah. But, you know, what's, what's important to realize here, and I think Steve Higgins was the one that was the first to say this, um, but Kean Thompson is the is the best sketch performer really of all time. Um, oh yeah. There's there's very very few people that are in his in his skill level, and it's mm-hmm. not just his longevity 
on the show. It's just, we've already talked about this a couple times of like, you know, they know whenever they do the sketches with Reese to what? Yes. That they're always going to get a laugh at the beginning and the end because yes. Keenan's on the show. And when Jim Carrey comes on the show, he's, he's kind of on, on Keenan's stage in his, yeah. in his world. I mean, I'm sure Keenan would never say that it's, that it's his sure. stage, but um, you know, he's got such command up there that it's sort of, this is, this is my world and, um, and welcome. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, I think that was just one of those moments of really a reminder of, um, it's kind of the great equalizer of the show that you could bring in the best, most talented folks uh, from outside the show onto the show. And all of a sudden, um, you know, it's sort of put up or showed up or yeah. showed up. Yeah. And they're breaking and, um, and it's sort of a, a great sort of equalizer for, for a lot of these, these folks. So um, yeah, kind of, kind of a nice moment here a feel, feel good moment. I, I wouldn't have really asked for any, anything else. Um, in right. these cold opens and in a time like this, but um, exactly, I felt, we'll I felt just, good about it. Yeah, I felt good about it too. I think, you know, they, like you said, realized kind of the enormity of the moment, but, you know, still making it as late as possible. And who knows what happens from here, but to, and as silly as it sounds, it's comforting to know that we can, we're going to be laughing at least at least once a week at it, hopefully, like for even hopefully. a brief moment in time. Hopefully. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Well, that brings us to our uh, next segment, which is, yes. uh, did you know who the musical guest was? So Emily, uh, did you know who the strokes are this week? Yes. Yes, I did. Woo. Look at you. Yep. Although do you think that's because the height of their popularity was the, um, early to mid 2000s? Absolutely it was. <laughs> we used to listen to them. I used to listen to them in high school when we would go like joyriding, like mm -hmm. me and my friends who didn't drink alcohol and just like really like got high on driving around <laughs> listening yeah, to music. That's like right. that. That's what I remember the strokes from. That's um, right. And like I was um, talking to my dad and he's like, who the hell are the strokes? And I was like, I haven't heard them since high school, honestly. Like, you know, but that that I think is is quite the reason why is that that's when they they reach popularity. Yeah, well, this is the fourth appearance for the Strokes on SNL, um, but Julian Casablancas, the frontman, was also in the Boombox digital short with the Lo yes. Lonely Island, which is uh, right up there with with one of my favorite. Oh the, yeah, I made I made some people watch that this weekend ahead of ahead of their musical guest appearance. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I mean, it's yeah, it's awesome. He, um, Julian Casablancas also gave John Mulaney the trench coat that he was wearing on stage yes. afterwards. Um, and John Mulaney wore it on the, on the Seth Meyers, um, oh, appearance. Nice. And he said that he, they found a pair of sunglasses in the coat pocket. Um, yes. so he gets to keep those as well. So that's fantastic. Um, thank I, you for my, your generosity, Julian Casablancas. Yeah. My God. Yeah. Um, and just, I feel like they're some super like, just classic rock star vibes, you know, in, in his performance, which I really liked. And yeah. my brother-in-law made the comment, like, none of those guys have changed yeah. <laughs> at all. Yeah. <laughs> they look exactly the same, and they do. Yeah, my um, wife said they do not look as old as I feel like they should look at this yes. point in their career, which is, you know, exactly. shout out to the Strokes. Yeah. yeah, good for them. But I, yeah, I enjoyed their performance, and 
I added I added a song to my to my quarantine playlist. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's fun. Oh yeah. Well, this has been another uh, segment of Did You Know Who the Musical Guest Was? Stay mm -hmm. tuned next week for We Don't Even Know Yet. We Don't Know Yet. Yeah. God, how exciting. I can't wait. Well, we now are brought to our Great Things the New Featured Players Did segment. So we're going to check in on those new cast members, see how they're doing. Um, there wasn't too much um, featured player content in this past week. Um, Andrew Dismukes, uh, I don't think we saw him at all. No, nope, I don't think we I'm saw him this it. week, but it's all right. Yeah. It's That's all right. right. He's probably lot, behind us. He's probably writing yeah. too, still. So, you know, um, Lauren Holt, we saw her briefly in Stroll into the Poles, and then she was um, in the gift shop medley as Elza. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like nice to see sort of a little bit of her range there that they gave her. Yeah. Gave her a line to, to belt to out as, yeah. as Elsa, the uh, Times Square Elsa. So yeah. Nice job, Lauren Holt. Just making, again, steady, steady contributions. Getting steady, a little, yes. A little bit every week from Lauren Holt. I love it. Absolutely. And then, as you mentioned, obviously, Punky Johnson was Pity Pat Patricia and Stroll into yep. the Poles, which I just think, I don't know if it's like her, her, like just physical comp, like her body movements. I don't know. I really like have been enjoying her a lot. Yeah, I really locked in on her during the uh, a lot of the <laughs> yes. dance moves uh, and stroll into the poles. There's yes. something about she didn't really have a whole lot to. Uh, it's not like there was that many, you know, pieces of dialogue in there. But everything right. she said, somehow the way she's saying it, pity Pat Patricia, yeah, <laughs> um, is really, really getting me. So yes, um, Punky continues to bring it. Punky content. I'm excited for more Punky in the future. Yes. For sure. So I think that about wraps up this week. Yep. Um, next well, week, I think we should like, probably make sure we send out some well wishes to Colin yes. and ScarJo. Congrats, Colin and ScarJo. Jost married. Hashtag. That's right. <laughs> saw that. Saw that on on E. I think so. Wow. Thought I'd bring that, break that out there. Um, but yeah, how exciting. I mean, did they get married in the middle of the week? That's what it sounded like. I think so, yeah. It was like on, on Tuesday, maybe. Um, what, a, what a like power move. Yeah, it's a baller move. To just get married on a Tuesday and know that people are going to like drop what they're doing in a pandemic yep. and be like, yep. yeah, we'll be at your wedding. For One of sure. my favorite hashtags of the year is the SNL ween as yes. well, where they repost... Um, you know, people's uh, SNL theme costumes. And this year it was all dogs in costumes. So um, I felt so like I that was- I didn't see a lot of that, but I, I need to go back and check that out. And I mean, we would be remiss if we did not call out the fact that how many years ago, Greg, you were featured on SNL-oween. Probably, probably top five moment in my life. I think we go, you know, uh, you get I mean, married, you have a child, yada, yeah. yada, yada. But it's sort of yeah. like you get retweeted by um, by Saturday Night Live doing some um, some, some yeah. dance moves. I believe the character's name is Vance from, um, from What <laughs> Up With That. Um, yeah. I don't think they, they ever name him, but um, it's the Jason Sudeikis character who dances in the background of all the What Up With That. So, um, And I mean, you you nailed those moves, even to the point where you like, you came, you jumped in like from the side, like he did, yep. like, almost, like you were like on a different level and sort of like jumped down into the frame. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, that was extremely exciting. I worked on it. I worked on it a lot. Uh, make sure I get it right. Yeah. So. It, it looked great. 
Well, next week we got Dave Chappelle hosting. There's yes. no announced um, musical guest yet. Um, but Dave Chappelle was the host the Saturday after the election in 2016, oh. um, as you may remember. Um, I did not. I, I think there's, um, there's something to that too, where again, Dave Chappelle is a, from the stand-up world. Um, so be be interesting to see what he's able to come up with without uh, being able to mm-hmm. to test it in the clubs as we talked about with the other guys. But, um, you know, his, his stand-up style, he's been known for just going up there and essentially kind of, free talking for um for hours on end and i think you know he he was able to kind of bring some really relevant prescient um guidance as well as some laughs in his last one and i think they're just sort of like we're we're gonna have to be so reactive uh, in this episode um, on saturday anyway that it'd be good to have sort of a host someone who's really good at that not only has done it before, but as someone who's just built to um, mm-hmm. have kind of a reactive type set. So um, for sure, we're very appreciative that they just continue to string one episode after the other here. Yeah, for, I mean, for those of us that are podcasting about it. I know. I was. I saw his name came come up. Um, you know, during the show last week, and I was like, oh, that's a repeat. And then I was like, oh my god, it's not. Yeah, incredible. It's brand new. Yeah. So, and I think it's obviously as just another testament to how hard these everyone on the show works. The fact that it's election day today and we have no idea what the rest of the week is going to bring. Like they will be working right up until as they always are, but um, right up until the last minute on like all the who on whatever goes down. So um, exciting and cool that they can like commit to doing a show on Saturday. Hold on to your butts. Oh God, it's coming. Stay positive out there friends.